let's talk about sex. Well, welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio. This is Dr. Corey Allen, and if you're new to the show, this time it's just me, although I've got a guest coming on board with me in just a second, but Gina has moved on to greater and bigger things, and we wish her well and have enjoyed our journey together. But there is still plenty to cover in the world of sex and marriage and love and relationships and all the troubles that that can provide in life and all the blessings that that can provide in life. So if you want to give us some feedback and give us some thoughts on your take of the show or questions that you may have, jump on at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Or we'd also love a review on iTunes, anything that gets, helps promote the words of what we're trying to espouse of married life and sex being the greatest place for sex. So today's show, I have a newfound friend. I mean, we just basically connected just recently. Uh, Mr. Aaron Anderson is in an MFT in the Colorado area, so I'm already jealous because I live in the heat of Texas, and he lives in, the, in view of the mountains every day, and that's just not right in my world. So... But that's the, that's about me, not you. So Aaron is um, in private practice, also an editor of the Good Men Project and the local chapter of the MFTs. I mean, he's got quite a bit going on, and we're going to specifically jump into a topic together. So it's not just two dudes talking about sex, but we're going to do two clinicians talking about some of the fallouts of relationship problems. So Aaron, what I miss on that real quick of, as far as an intro of you? No, you cover just about all of it. Okay. Uh, one thing is uh, that I am the owner of the Marriage and Family Clinic in Denver, and uh, you don't need to be jealous of my view of the mountains. You can come by for a visit anytime. Okay. I'll put you up for a night or two. <laughs> well, be careful because we will show up at your front door, and we may not leave <laughs> after a night or two. We may stay. But but one of the things that that I know happens a lot because in practice, in you know, in, in my practice that I have. You know, one of the precipitating events that will that will really bring about a couple seeking help from an outside source, specifically a professional outside source, is whenever that relationship has encountered some sort of infidelity, be it emotional, right. be it mental, be it physical. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's all those different realms of it, and so mm-hmm. that seems like that's something that we need to discuss more head on. Because it's oh yeah, it's a huge pivotal moment of a relationship, is it not? Oh yeah, and in the digital age especially, they're finding new ways of uh, stepping out, as it were, and it's kind of pushing the boundaries of what is infidelity, what what constitutes an affair. If you're chatting with an old girlfriend on okay. Facebook, is that an affair or not? Yeah, no, and uh, I see a lot of the same stuff in my practice too that. Uh, people come in for those exact same reasons. So let's let's start there then, Aaron, because that's a great, uh, of, at least for you and I, as it's concerned, defining the word infidelity. Because <laughs> I would encourage, if you're a listener at Sexy Marriage Radio, to have that conversation with your spouse of what exactly is infidelity, because it really comes down to the people involved and your own mm-hmm. integrity of, of how you want to live your life. But for the sake of our show, let's let's at least get a framework of, of what's a good operating definition of infidelity. You know, it kind of sounds like similar to yours is it's really up to the couple. You know, when you get married, you have this expectation 
explicit or not, but you have this expectation of what you want in your marriage. Right. And you talk with your spouse and they seem to have that same kind of expectation too. Otherwise you wouldn't marry them, right? If you have different <laughs> values around wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't what make your marriage sense. is. You're, yeah, you're not going to marry them. And so it's kind of defined to the couple. Generally what I go by in my practice is if there's any kind of secrecy around a relationship, then that's an infidelity. If okay. you're keeping things from your spouse, that's as, as enough of an infidelity that you need to be worried about it. You need to be talking about it. Okay. And that would be secrecy of someone with the opposite sex, which, yeah, uh -huh. which we've done a show. I mean, Gene and I in the past, if you want to go in the archives, you would find a show on can men and women be friends. You know, outside of the outside of the marriage relationship, can a man be a friend with a woman, and can a woman be a friend with a man? So it's kind of, it's along those lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't know what your show talked about, but I, I I think yeah, they can be friends as long as it's uh, within full view of your spouse. Okay. See, we I took the stance of no, they can't, because oh. there's always the possibility of sex, and that changes things. And again, it comes down to the definition of the word friends, because sometimes people put that into coworkers. Well, sure, we can be coworkers. I mean, I right. have colleagues that are female, but as far as mm -hmm. friendships, I'm very careful just because that's the slippery slope. That, <laughs> oh, well, she understands me so much better than my wife, you know, and there you go. You're often running down some sort of a dark path possibly, but, right. but I do like the idea of anytime you're, you're talking about a relationship that you're keeping secret. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a good working definition. Yeah, that's pretty clear cut. Uh, you know, there's a, if, if I'm the, the one who's um, stepping out or being unfaithful, there's a reason I'm keeping it secret. If there's nothing suspicious going on, I have no need to keep it a secret. Exactly. There, there's no reason to have it in full view of my spouse. So when there's some kind of um, secrecy or deception around it, then you know that the relationship has crossed a line and you need to fix it. And what could be interesting is it could be just you keeping it secret, not the person you're in relationship with. I mean, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I've worked with couples that have had where he had an emotional affair with, with another woman, but the other woman didn't know it was a relationship that was beyond just a coworker friendship relationship. He had, yeah. put, he had put more stock on it and had done all these different things they were kind of grooming the relationship to be something else when the wife found out. But the, uh -huh. the other woman was like, okay, I had no clue there was even a relationship, you know? So, right. It, right. Sorry, I broke up your marriage. Uh, I wasn't even doing anything. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know? I was not even complicit in this whole thing. This was just, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a victim too. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so good point. Both parties don't have to agree what the relationship is if if the the spouse is keeping it a secret regardless of whether the one they're keeping it a secret for or with uh that doesn't matter right so then we get into the world of the different types of of, of infidelity or the different types of betrayal because you have mm -hmm. you know you alluded to the technology of the world today and you know there's all there's that research that's come out i haven't seen any updated recently but about how much Facebook is mentioned in divorce papers, you know, mm. of 50%, yeah, 70%. You know, I've, I saw some early when that whole phenom kind of was there when Facebook was exploding yeah. and it allowed you to rekindle something with an old fling. And 
bring back all that, yeah. you know, illusion of a relationship that's not even close to reality. But yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those. It's still there. You know, there's still oh, yeah. there's still inappropriate texting. There's still mm-hmm. inappropriate Facebook posts. There's still those things where we long for something that's an escape from the pain that is the relationship, maybe in the marriage. Sure. Yeah. So you, An escape from whatever problems you're having currently in your relationship. Yeah. Right. So, you, you know, it looks like the grass is greener, but then you realize mm-hmm. it's just AstroTurf or, you know, <laughs> what's the other saying is you realize you still have to mow it, you know, and keep, there's still, yeah, like oh, yeah. Blah, yeah blah, I've blah, heard blah. that one before. So That's it's, a good one. So it's one of those that you have the emotional side, which I would put the the mental would go in there with it, would it not? And yeah, I think so. A, a, a mental affair where inside your head you're thinking about somebody else and uh, fantasizing and daydreaming, and, and it goes beyond just quick in and out thoughts. If you're if you're entertaining that for too right. long, to the point that it's distracting you and keeping you from not being available to your partner. Yeah, that's yeah. an affair too. Yeah, and yeah, when you say it's also if you've like as a, as a man, if I'm thinking, okay, I'm heading to the store, and oh, she works there, so I make sure I dress a certain way mm-hmm. because the girl, you know, the other girl could be there, you know, and so it's kind of that whole you're you're setting, you're making some availability and some intentionality mm-hmm. that you know whether you've crossed the line or not, that's that's immaterial to me. It's but it's more about you're getting really close. <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah. To heading down think, a path that's not good. Yeah, and I think a lot of people get hung up on on making a definition of uh, I wasn't cheating. I never even uh, slept with her, right. or uh, how is that cheating? If uh, you know, I sure I might have slept with her years and years ago, but just because I'm talking to her now, how is that cheating? And you know, couples go round and round and round on that, and. You know, she's saying, well, it's cheating because you were keeping it from me. Well, I, I keep bank accounts from you. You don't even care about those. And I keep the know, day-to-day they, of the minutia of my job from you every, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's not – how can this be an affair then? And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. People just need to look inside themselves and say, hey, look, am I being as available to my partner as uh, I should for a healthy relationship? And that you be your own compass for what infidelity is, right? Right. Yeah, because it really is an integrity issue that's individual, and Absolutely. then and then relational. Because that's that's the one thing I have found, and then reading other work from other clinicians that that they've written on is the idea that even in relationships that we've worked with, where there's been a there's been a full blown physical affair, and it could have been going on for a long time. It's not it's beyond just a one night stand. It's interesting mm-hmm. how some, oftentimes couples can discount a one night stand, but <laughs> not the you know if it's a long term deal, that's different because there's a different emotional attachment. Yeah, it's, it's in that that type of a fling. But what they will what it kind of comes down to is the idea that. It's not the fact that you slept with somebody else. It's the fact that you lied to me about it. Because usually, if something's been going on for a while, there's been clues that something's up, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's been brought up, and it's oh no, she's just a friend, or oh no, I was at John's house that night. Oh no, you know, it's like you, you're calling them on it, and they're flat out lying to you. <laughs> and, and then, as the as the spouse who's been cheated on, you're always wondering. 
is my spouse pulling the wool over my eyes again. Yeah. If, if they had the lack of integrity enough to lie straight to my face and try to implant false beliefs in my mind, and I believed it. Right. How on earth can I believe them again? Okay. So where do we go? Let's, let's move that forward then. How does a couple continue to go forward? Oh, you know, <laughs> oh, Corey, I'm happy to discuss I, this. Here. Yeah, I know there's no I'm still answer. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, there's there's no here. Oh, do this. I mean, if you and I, if either one of us had an answer to that question, I guarantee you, <laughs> if I had that, I'm not on this show. I'm living on some private island I own. You know, because I would have patented it and sold it and marketed it and solved all that problems and had millions. And, and for good reason, man, you would fix a lot of relationships <laughs> totally. out there, a so lot of affairs. Yeah, so it's not that simple. No. But, and I don't know what you do in your practice. What I do in mine is when a couple comes into me with complaints of infidelity, first and foremost, I say, look, I'm going to be annoying about this word, transparency. Uh, whoever the participating partner is, the one who is stepping out, you got to open up your credit card statements, your bank accounts, your email passwords, Facebook passwords, text messages, anything that your spouse wants to show to them that you're not pulling the wool over their eyes again. Okay. And I usually get rebutted with, well, that's not trust. That's not a trusting relationship, is it? And I tell them, no, and, and I'm going to be frank with you, this doesn't build trust. What this does is this puts the proof in the pudding that allows your spouse to know that what you're saying is really true. Okay. And then trust can go, can build from that. But what that does is that stops that merry-go-round that I got to tell you, man, that's it's so annoying mm -hmm. hearing all the time, well, how, how do I know if he's deceiving me again? Or, well, I can't tell her anyway because she doesn't believe me if I do. Right. And I say, well, hey, look, is is there anything in the bank accounts? You know, is there a suspicious cash cash withdrawal anywhere? And if the proof is in the pudding, that makes it much easier to move forward. But that doesn't rebuild the trust after that. Right. And let me add a quick caveat because the thing I would add to couples that I work with, I don't go as far as okay, open everything up. That seems that's a good. That's I think that's good counsel. Of I, I need to be a little more open about everything if I'm truly trying to reestablish this relationship. I tell the couple, or at least the spouse that says, how do I know if it's happening again? I tell them two things. One, trust your instincts. Mm. Because you, you, you'll you piece it all together, and you'll realize, okay, that's what was going on. You know, Because relationships are co-created, so you contribute to the status of the relationship. You don't cause an affair. Be very clear about that. If somebody steps out, that's on them and them alone. Absolutely. But but you help get the relationship status to where it was. And so trust your gut on what's up. You know, some something's not adding up. And so I'm gonna be upfront about when I'm when I've got a doubt, I'm coming at you straight on and and, and asking. And then when I do that, I can then my second advice is I can rely on the stupidity of humans that if there's something there, we cannot keep it hidden. I mean, we're just too stupid as human beings to, to deceive for long term. You know, it, it just right. doesn't. And that's why I can, without fail, look back and see that couples, when they start to piece it together, they're like, OK, if I would have gone down that path, I might have found out sooner. But for whatever reason, I didn't see it or didn't want to see it or. 
you know, because I know there are couples that, yeah, it, it was truly a wool over the eyes, rug out from under them. They did not have a clue. But part of it could be just because they were a little naive on what relationship, what's really unfolding underneath their, right. Uh, right before their eyes. And I mean, that's a little tough to hear, but yeah, it's also mm-hmm. reality. I mean, there's things I don't want to ask, you know, cause I don't want to, I don't know yeah. one of the answer to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and just as you said, the, the injured partner, the one who was cheated on, there is a vulnerability within the relationship that the partner both partners contributed to right now unfortunately one of them acted on that vulnerability and had an affair and that's that's completely on them they had hundreds of other options they could have done but they chose to have an affair right and and for the injured partner to hear you know there's something that i can do here is really hard for them because a lot of the times they just want to point the finger at the one who's stepping out and say the cheater the jerk let's let's hang him up and you have to make this up to me and that's a huge one in my book because what exactly do they have to make up to you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, because that's kind of that hierarchy then that I, you could see the cheated, the cheater being the one that's, I'm going to be groveling the rest of my life. Right. Until they shift it in, in my, in my view, they, sh- they have to shift it to, it's really about their own integrity and it's not about, you know, Schnarch uses this kind of stuff that in, he wrote a paper a long, long time ago about treating affairs in the crucible approach. Mm-hmm. And he will, and I've used it to, to really good benefit with some of my clients where once the betrayed or the cheated on spouse says, I don't understand how they could do this to me. And mm-hmm. his response is, what exactly did they do to you? You were not involved. You know, it's, So if you think, if you take the stance of my spouse cheated on me to make, to make me hurt, you know, like it's an intentional thing. Like I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know, I really want to hurt Pam. So I'm going to go sleep with somebody else. Well, that's, that's a whole different psychopath right there. If that's truly reality and reality, reality is, it's not, we don't usually have that. This I'm going to cause all kinds of pain to my family, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's more I'm just gonna, I got caught up in the moment and went down a path and then realized, whoa, it's this is deep. Right. Wow, did I screw up now? Right. So it's it's more about okay, if if they if you think that he tried to do that just to make you hurt, then why are you helping him out by acting hurt? Ah. Uh-huh. Nice. You know, so if you can disarm that and go the stance of this is about how would I be in a relationship with somebody that would do that to themselves and their own values and their own integrity, that sh- that's a wild card that changes everything. Yeah. Because it truly then, then is on the person that did the betraying to decide is that the type of person I am. Right. And then it's up to the spouse who's been cheated on to decide – is this the type of person I want to be with? Yep. They can't even adhere to their own moral standards right. or their own integrity. Right. And that's and that's what's so funny about if you kind of play the whole thing forward of, you know, you have an affair and the relationship, the marriage falls apart. And the person that had the affair gets in a, mar- a marriage with the person they were having the affair with. And now you have the shock of how could they cheat on me? Hello. 
that's how your relationship started, you know. So it's kind of like a cycle <laughs> of, of cheating, and then we're shocked that it would happen. And right, I mean, that's where to me that that confirms the point of we can rely on the stupidity of people. That in general we are just stupid. Yeah, in, in the way and we you're going to screw things. up sometime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so if it's it's one of the steps of going forward from an emotional betrayal, a physical betrayal, whatever, is living life more open. Mm-hmm. And that's good counsel. I mean, I, I think that as a man, that's the counsel I give to men all the time of whatever you do, do it all the way and in the open. And that yep. that applies to all kinds of things, you know, that don't just hover around for sex. Go for it. You know, make a move and see what happens. Do it all the way and in the open. If you get rejected, you get rejected. But you you were a man that took action, and that changes things. So if you're, if you're just going to live life more open in the marriage, how else – what's the next step then to repair? On whose side? The one who did the cheating or well, the one who uh, was probably, cheated on? Yeah, we probably need to cover both because it's, it's, a, it's a collaboration at some point. It's a choice at some point, you know, because that's, that's something we were talking about before we started the show of, you know, the person that was betrayed generally at some point is going to have those questions of, should I stay? Yeah. And then why am I staying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So on both sides, uh, yeah, I think the person who was betraying, the one who was stepping out needs to take a good, honest look at themselves and say, Hey, why was I stepping out here? Uh, was there something that was just so intolerable that in the relationship that I, I honestly and sincerely don't want to be in this anymore? Okay. Was this something of me and myself where I was acting outside of my own moral standards and this has been a wake-up call for me to really get to know myself better? Right. For the one who's been betrayed now, it's a little bit different. And like what you were saying, a lot of the ones who have been betrayed – feel like I'm, I'm the one that's hurt here. They have to make it up to me now. And th- that, that is so very common. And their work then becomes more about forgiveness. How do I not let this go? Because this will always be a stain in the relationship. And I'll always have to keep my eyes wide open in the future moving ahead. But how do I move from a place where I don't let this canker myself anymore? Okay. And, you know, he, he can still make his own decisions, but I'm not going to let this affect me anymore. I'm not going to let this keep me up at night anymore. I'm not going to let me worry about this. And uh, I, I don't know if maybe forgiveness is the right word for that. Maybe that's uh, grace. Heck, I don't know. But they got to move from that place of wanting him to pay to uh, – Oh well, I uh, need to heal. Right, and and that's the interesting thing is because it is a little bit of a paradox, if you will, of the path forward isn't what you necessarily think. It's not. It's not the I have to. We have to repair the relationship. Yeah, you do, but you're also kind of repairing yourself, because if you think about it, you know we alluded to earlier in the show of we all go into marriages with deal breakers in mind and and pretty universal i would guess is if you cheat on me i'm done well 
you know, 15, 20, 30 years in and a, and a betrayal occurs, it's not that simple just to, well, I'm done. Well, you know, you've created a life together. You've got kids, maybe. You've got a house. You've got bank accounts and, and savings and retirement and everything. So it is more of, all right, well, where is the status of our relationship? Because that's where it seems like you evolve to the point, you know, affairs and I don't know, maybe this, I don't know if this happens to your practice, but I've yet to come across a relationship where affairs don't evolve and occur. It's not like it just all of a sudden occurs, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a dissolving of the relationship and then the inclusion of another relationship that is, you know, massaged and kind of right. morphed and, right. and enticed into this, into the system. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's a, it's a longer process. It's not just a, I'm going to wake up and go have sex with somebody else on the street. Today. Right. Exactly. So it's, that's, if you can take the stance of, okay, well, I collaborated into the status of our relationship. Now that means I can co-create something better. And that's what gives the possibility of hope. That's what gives the possibility of change. And and to me, it's more of the, the counsel is not, okay, you need to save your marriage at all costs. It's more about you need to be a better person and you need to see what the person that betrayed you decides. You know, if they want to be with you or not, use this opportunity to really grow and confront some things in your own life. Yeah. And well, and I, and I would add something there too that uh, infidelity then can become a um, a breeding ground of a stronger relationship. I think I actually saw an article of, of yours on your on your blog about that. That an infidelity can awaken your relationship mm -hmm. to identify those vulnerabilities that created the relationship. And and how did I? co-create a relationship that was vulnerable to an affair right and yes i'm the one who's hurt and, and you know the jerk shouldn't have done what they did but i can help create this relationship into a healing ground to fix whatever vulnerabilities were going on in the relationship right and that's the work that i usually finds the hardest with the spouse who's been cheated on yep. to move them from a state of I hate the jerk. I can't believe they did this to, I want to help make our relationship heal. And I'm willing to look at myself and see what I did to contribute. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a huge step of courage. So, you know, if, <laughs> good if, word. If, courage. If, yeah. If you're in that boat and you're a listener listening to this and you're and part of you could be really mad because of the way we're talking about some of this and you're like, how dare they take that stance? If you will take the courage of the courageous step, seriously, I mean, that's the times I've done this with couples and I see a spouse truly confront some things in themselves. That is a tremendous courageous step. And it's one of those that it has to be honored and valued and most importantly, self-valued. That you're like, I am doing this for me. It may mean you choose not to stay with me. And if that's the case, so be it. I'm still doing it because it's the right thing for me. And then I'm going to just see what happens. So it's no more I'm going to hold on to my relationship with everything I've got. It's I'm going to hold on to myself better, and I'm going to see what my partner decides. Absolutely. And I tell, I tell my couples that all the time, that whether this relationship stays or goes, 
this work that we're doing is going to be beneficial for you no matter what. Right. And the added bonus is that if this relationship does go, you're going to go into the next relationship, a better person, which is going to mean you're going to hopefully find a better person because a better person is going to be more in intrigued by you. Right. And, uh, another bonus benefit is that you don't carry all that baggage from your old relationship into the new one either. Yep. So you have less to try to carry along and, and make up for and more because, you know, theory states we meet and fall in love with people that are on the same developmental level as ourself. And that's, mm -hmm. that's not childhood development kind of stuff. That's emotional, mental, psychological, self-soothing, anxiety development, all that kind of stuff. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense, you know. Somebody that can that's really childish, and I consider myself more mature. We're not going to be in a relationship, just because I'm not going to put up with that kind of immaturity. I have two kids at home. That's enough immaturity. So, it it is one of those. It, if you do the work, and you and you have a, a better framework, which I think Aaron, that's some great tips on how to frame some of this path forward. It truly can be one of the best things for your relationship because you do the work and then your partner does their work and they reap the benefit. You reap the, reap the benefits of each other's growth. Absolutely, and that's a great thing. And in a in a very real way, it's a it's a different relationship because you are two different people. Yep. And that new relationship couldn't have happened unless there was an affair. That's true. And Wow, and that's, that's powerful. Yeah, that's where you get the statement of, you know, there is actually a book that my husband's affair was the best thing that ever happened to us. And mm -hmm. that's that stance of it truly is a chance to, to confront what's going on in your own life and in your relationship that we all have, whether there's an affair or not. We all have things we tolerate and we settle for. And I think what, what, what you're subscribing, what, and I think what we're talking about really, if you want to apply it to a broader audience is, what do you use to escape? It could be healthy, but it could also be an escape from the relationship that you could be using to grow and create something better. Well, Aaron, this has been great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And if you're new to the show, thank you for taking the time wherever you have been. And we hope that wherever you're going forward, it's greatness. It, it lies before you. Have a good day.